Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 236 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. As you can tell, I am still tripping the light fantastic. I am. I'm still on cloud nine. There's a weird buzzing in my earphones, so I hope that's not coming through too much. Um, Yeah, what a difference a win makes. Goodness me, we're all kind of a bit dejected, weren't we? Three game uh, losing streak, Joe Boy Burrow out with a dodgy wrist uh, for the rest of the season. It looked as though it was all over. How were we going to muster any enthusiasm? But goodness me, Monday night, the whiteout, the Bengals went down to uh, Florida and to Jacksonville. And uh, yeah, won against all odds. I want to want to kind of crack into a Phil Collins song there, but I shan't, don't worry. But yeah, against the odds, they they won. Uh, And here to discuss life, because we're all floating on the uh, loveliness a a win brings. It's Nathan Palmer. Nathan, are you all floating lovely? I am. I was absolutely buzzing that morning. What kind of... How were you buzzing? Was it... um, off your, nu- off your nuts by of, any chance? Full of adrenaline and confidence, and I felt happy, and you know all the this, you know that sort of serotonin buzz that you oh, get from yeah. a good a good win. I felt I, I sprung into work. I was in a good mood. I, you know, I'm still you know feeling very pleased with that because it completely changes the the course of the well, not the course of the season. That's dramatic, but it certainly changes the narrative and. You know, more than anything, it was a bloody good game of football, wasn't it, Sam? Well, that's the first ga- first thing you've got to say. What a game of football had a bit of everything. Two teams go- absolutely going at each other. Toe-to-toe. Biff-bang-pow. Uh, touchdown, 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 sack. Interception. Crazy, weird trick play that w- goes awfully wrong for just a bit of comedy, for a bit of comedy. So it had everything, didn't it? Um, yeah, what a great game. And uh, even better that we came out... Uh, uh, on top of things, of course, uh, and we, you know what a what a what a great run into Christmas this could be, Nathan. Well, completely out of nowhere as well, because I think you know certainly I my opinion of the team where we were last week, um, you know after the sort of run we were on, is that you, it was over and you might scrape a game out. I wouldn't have been surprised if we lost. Yeah, you know, we didn't win another one, but blimey, O'Reilly, I think this season is ju- this season this season it's completely bonkers isn't it? Yeah. if you'd said at the start of the year oh yeah we're going to go into San Francisco and turn them over do the Bills at home um, beat the Jags who were 8-3 and three at the time go into Jacksonville turn them over you'd have been like wow like this, we're going to be absolutely smashing it and then you you look on the other side and you say well actually we're going to lose at home to the Texans you know we're going to get absolutely throlicked by the Browns um, you know, you would have looked at him and been like, "What? Like, how? Do, you know, we lost against the, the poor Steelers, Steelers with Kenny team. at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't have known where to start with it. And I'll, um, and I'll throw in an extra, uh, an extra kind of uh, uh, oxo cube of weirdness into the pot of strange. Um, uh, it, it, the amount of quarterback injuries, and you look at the fixtures coming up, and the amount of yeah. backup quarterbacks that we have to face. You know, next week. Or oh, this coming week now is Gardner Minshew, obviously. Um, uh, we're playing Dobbs again for the Vikings. You'll be at that game, Nathan Palmer. Excited or what? I will. Um, I, I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, and then, uh, Kenny Pickett's out. I think the only uh, the only uh, uh, first choice quarterback that we've got to play, just, I say just, but is Patrick Mahomes on New Year's Eve. Um, yeah. 
It's the it's really extraordinary. Of course, obviously Trevor Lawrence went down. I'm not quite sure what the latest on Trevor Lawrence was, but he went down with uh, an ankle injury. So um, yeah, what what a crazy season! And it is thankfully it is not over yet for the Bengals. It's a very messy, complicated picture in the AFC when it comes to um, playoff qualification. Uh, if we could beat the Colts, and I'm just throwing this out there, if we could beat the Colts this weekend, uh, that would dent their hopes and obviously kind of, you know, improve ours. If we could beat the Vikings, who have gone off a bit of a cliff recently after looking good, uh, if we could beat a Kenny Picketless uh, Steelers, which we're well capable of doing, if we're capable of beating... Uh, the Cleveland Browns, with who, God knows who at quarterback at that stage of the season, there's the chance here that we're going to win another four games, you know? Um, but I'll, I'll leave that. I'll, leave, I'll park that, Nathan. I'll, I won't go mm. too bonkers. Tonight, in this episode, we have a special guest. We'll be speaking to ex-Bengals uh, punter Drew Chrisman. Uh, he'll be coming up and giving us the uh, the latest uh, what he well basically what he thinks about the the Bengals. Um, we've got some news. Uh, Christmas is happening. I hope you're enjoying our Advent calendar, our annual Advent calendar, which is being posted across our socials at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter. Uh, Bengals UK on Facebook and Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. Uh, one of our pals, Slam Dunk the Funk, is on today. No doubt you'll see me and Nathan on there at some point during the Christmas lead-in. But, uh, Nathan, should we start with a bit of reaccione? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Hear me now. Uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 31. The Cincinnati Bengals, 34. Biff Bang Power. What a picture. Uh, overtime uh, kick by Evan McPherson. Sealed the deal. Uh, and uh, imagine, I didn't stay up for it, so imagine my surprise when I f- opened my phone uh, upon waking on Tuesday morning to see that the Bengals had won a fantastic result. Hats off to all the guys and all the coaches, really. We asked the question last week, didn't we, Nathan? Can this Bengals team win without Joe Burrow? And uh, more, you know, we acknowledged, we also acknowledged that um, not just the players would have to pull their fingers out, but also the coaches would have to do some serious coaching uh, to, uh, you know, that's what they're employed to do, obviously. But you know what I mean? Some serious big boy coaching to get this team up for it, to get this team ready, uh, to get, you know, pump uh, Jake Browning full of confidence and supply him with a game plan that he was he would be comfortable with. Um, you know, some serious, some serious uh, work while the coaching staff was needed. And well, 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 well. Didn't they just, Nathan? Didn't they just? They did us proud, and a lot of people <clears throat> thought this team were done. That they didn't think that anyone they had anything left. They didn't have the quality, and it shows, like you said earlier, what the difference a week makes. Because you're looking through the roster last week, and you're saying, "God, blimey!" You know, actually, without Joe Burrow, what is this roster? You know, is it not very strong? What, where these are all the weaknesses? God, it's going to take years to fix this. Blah blah blah. At one gate, we have to remember, like we're on the we're on the, we're on the cloud of this win right now, and we're all of a sudden, you know, we're we're going to make a run in the playoffs and this and that. So that is the NFL, and that's the beauty of it. That's why we like it so much. But I think you've got to temper that excitement. You know, we did um, play a pretty bad game against the Steelers the week before, so you don't want to run away with it. But in terms of going up on a Monday night football on the road against an eight and three, very capable, very talented team with a backup quarterback, with a few knocks. What a fantastic effort, planning, execution across the board. You know, it was just a complete performance. Um, and it needed to be. 
you know, you're not going to go on the road and beat the Jags playing half-heartedly with a backup quarterback. So just full credit to to pretty much everyone there from bouncing back from, you know, that horrible three-game stretch that we had. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, you know, the the defense is still giving up some big plays. Um, oh yeah, but the run game, the run defense is better. And again, you know, uh, every time they something that hasn't been happening. Every time the Jags kind of, you know, got a few big players and moved down the field, um, the Bengals managed to kind of either pull off a big play or a stop where it was needed. Uh, you know, Pratt and Wilson, who have been, you know, let's face it, not quite at it this year, really stepped up again. DJ Turner again making plays. Thought he looked really good. Um, uh, yeah, they look much better on on uh, on defense. I mean, you know, Joseph Joseph Asai with a sack, Miles Murphy, you know, you know, with his limited snap count, did pretty well. Um, you know, all good, um, pretty much, or at least better on defense, or actually enough on defense. You know, because I mean, would the Jags one with Trevor Lawrence deep in? You know, with that last drive, I mean, they did move down the field pretty easily. Um, who knows? That's 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 football for you, as as they say. Uh, but it was the offense, really. I think you know, and you've got to start with Browning. What a performance! I mean, there were some yeah. throws there, were just beautiful. One particular oh. kind of almost screen to Mitch Wilcox, where he had to sort of spin, and then suddenly had a guy in his face, and he side armed it down to Mitch Wilcox, and uh, it was just incredible. Some beautiful passes to Boyd, and of course that long touchdown pass to Chase. Bang on the money. He just looked really comfortable. You know, we we said that you would hope that after another week of practice and, you know, getting to know each other in terms of coaching and, you know, formulating a game plan where Browning would be comfortable, you would hope that uh, he would improve. And he, he, yeah, he did, Nathan. He did improve. Let's just say that. He was absolutely fantastic. No, I agree. And I've said before about Jake Browning that when the Bengals opted to go with him over Brandon Allen, bear in mind he'd never played in the NFL before, and they seemed to like him last year. They brought him up off the uh, the practice squad a few times to get him a game check. You had to feel they knew something, and it's hard for us as fans to really know what that is. You don't see them practice. You don't see them in the meeting rooms every day to really know what they felt that he had. But they let Brandon Allen go. Um, They let Trevor Simeon go. They had opportunities to, you know, cut Jake Brown in or, you know, not go forward with him. And they've always stuck true to him, remained loyal to him. He didn't necessarily have the best of pre-seasons. Wasn't bad. I don't think he was banned last week either against the Steelers. But it was sort of, well, yeah, don't know what we've Well, it was just here. far more expansive, wasn't it? I mean, it was just... Yeah, they give... cut him loose this week. Yeah, He's absolute exactly. class. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. think that he offers you that... He that he is better than Joe Burrow at is he's more he's quicker he's a bit more you know elusive he can run a bit more and that's that's interesting that's going to help with the run game and mm. I mean I'm going to stay with Jake Browning because how can you not you know there's just an absolutely outrageous performance and you just hope that gives him the confidence that he can build on it I mean it's hard to build on a showing like that and get better because I tell you what if he plays like that you know every week we're absolutely fine but. Yeah, it just incredible, you know, just an incredible story for a guy who's 27 years old as well. It's not yeah. like he's a rookie or he's a guy that's just come on the scene. He's he's had to wait his chance um, for that go in the NFL. You know, he's been sort of around the practice squad. I think he was with um, I can't remember Vikings, with one other team. The Vikings was it? Yeah. So he he's really had to wait his chance. And fair play to the lad because he he took it, you know, with two hands. Yeah, what I liked, I think, about the whole Browning situation was, um, you know, last last week the Steelers did what any team would do, any defense would do. They 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 would they'd stack the box and stop the run and kind of almost say to Browning, "Okay, look, you're new. Uh, we're going to stop the run and we're going to dare you to throw at us." And he didn't do it. He couldn't do it. We did it a little bit. There were moments, you know, but he didn't quite get there. But this this one, I thought the game plan was absolutely brilliant. Execution was top-notch for the most part. Um, you know, and, and they got the run game a little going quite nicely. Chase Brown, I mean, that first drive, I think they, you know, we had Mixon, Chase Brown and Travion Williams in there. Uh, talk about rotation, something that we've been crying out for. 
Chase Brown yeah. looked good, didn't he? Uh, Mixon looked pretty decent oh. as well. Ran really hard, which is something that you can never ever accuse Mixon of not doing. You know. Um, yeah. But I, I just really liked the way everything was seemed to be in motion and in and movement. There was movement. And I'm not talking about the silly trick plays, you know, whatever. It's just motions and, you know, that the line was kind of moving really nicely in unison. There was there was a fluidity to the offense that we've not seen for a while. And the fact that that came with Jake Browning, uh, I think they just, as you said, they just cut him loose and just said, look, we saw what the Steelers did last week. If we can get some passes going then that's going to put the defence on their heels and they won't know whether to fill the box or uh, or drop back, you know. Um, but, yeah, and, and obviously that, you know, the longer the game went on, the, the more confidence that Jake got. And, yeah, just brilliant to see. And everyone was getting involved. I have to say, you know, we, we had a go at the tight ends earlier this season. They're becoming more and more effective. I'm not talking about big players, but they're just chain movers you know then you know Hudson and Mitchell Wilcox and even Drew Sample are not flashy players they're not Gronkowski they're not you know Kyle Pitts or whoever but they're functional tight ends now and they're part of the scheme Jamar Chase goodness me do you want to talk about Jamar Chase do you want to go all creamy gorgonzola over over uh, Jamar Chase (laughs) yeah I mean he he's just been a, com- a complete consistent hasn't he this whole year he's just stepped up every game no matter who's a quarterback no matter how you know good or bad the offense has been he's always been the one guy you can rely on they almost have been using him this season i feel like as almost like a running back yeah uh, a bit, bit debo samuel and, sort of thing yes. lining him up in the backfield moving him around getting him the ball yeah, yeah. no absolutely they're not really almost using like too many deep shots. You know, that's the first real deep sort of, you know, big down the field catch that he's had like in a while. He's had the odd one, but it's, it, they have used him more in like just sort of curl routes, just throw him out to him on the side. You get him in a bit of space and he's your best player. So you want to get the ball in his hands. And the amount of games he's had this season with 10 plus receptions has been fantastic. and really given a safety net um, to Joe Burrow and Jake Browning. But to step up like that, a game like that you know a big pass like that for him to go up get it shrug the defender off you know take that for seven um just fantastic you know and that's something that will really give so much confidence to someone like jake brown and you know what that must be that must be the equivalent you know in soccer of someone nailing one in the top bins from 25 30 yards you know it just gives you that bloody hell that's good isn't it you know one big hit gets the crowd going it's you know something you know i'll be on the highlight reels it pads his stats and that's something that not every player can do i think we've lacked it a bit in terms of the deep ball this season there's not been too many completions it's not been like it perhaps has in the last couple of years where they've really stretched the field and you know been tossing it down there but just fantastic and you know jamar chase perennial pro bowler he'll make it this year he deserves to and just solidifying himself as one of the best if not the best i think maybe that's a slight stretch but certainly not far off um the best receiver in no football. and of course he made he made obviously that deep catch fantastic but he also made a, a bobbling catch oh, over, over, yeah. the, over the middle and a, a real clutch situation and of course down deep in the in the low low red zone i think it, that people call it now don't they um where he dropped one and then he's he's Sort of nabbed a real daisy cutter, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, he's been our player of the year. He's sort of, I think he's sort of carried us a little bit actually this year. So fair play to him. Right. Yes. The question is, Nathan, we play the Colts this week, and we'll come to the Colts in a bit. But uh, what's your feelings now? Because it's all very well, you know, we with someone like Burrow, you kind of know what you're going to get more or less every week. It sometimes is above or below the line of consistency, but. With Browning, you don't know whether he's capable no. of that that kind of consistency, you know. And this is what we need. We need to, if we have any um, aspirations of the playoffs. Uh, what are we now? We are six and six. I, I, I think we need to. Uh, we need to get to ten wins. We need to get to ten wins. Now, again, as I explained earlier, I think that we're capable of doing that, but only if Jake can. There's so much on the quarterback, isn't there? And a lot of people have been praising him, not just for his accuracy. I mean, no turnovers as well. That was sensational from him. 
but also his checks at the line, his reading, his processing, going through the reads. He looked proper, as Jamar said, it's, he's QB1 material. He's just got to keep that going. So what, do, what are your feelings on that? Can he keep it going? Can he be that consistent force under centre that will take us to 10 wins? <laughs> You're right as well. I think 10 wins is probably... I'd like to think nine maybe you would sneak in, but with our head-to-head record in the division and the AFC North being so strong, I think it's unlikely. I don't think we're going to win four games. Uh, I don't want to piss on the parade, but... <sighs> I think that's going to be a stretch. The Jags' defence is not their strength. Not I don't know. A defense. lot of people were saying, I was listening to it around the NFL. They're right. They were yeah, saying they're... they've got a good defence, you know. But um, anyway. I think we've struggled this year on offence in some ways because we have played some quality defences. The Ravens and Steelers and the Browns, you know, that's four or five of the games we've played this year. They're absolutely top-notch, 49ers. You know, we, we have come up against some bloody good defences um, this year. The Colts, Vikings, yeah, I can see that. You know the Chiefs. I can't see a way past the Chiefs. Steelers and with it's even just, without Kenny Pickett yeah. though. I mean, they shit. Mitch, they are Mitch, shit. Yeah, but they're, they're. I don't think they're much worse with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I still mm. think they've. They'll do what they need to. I mean, I. I don't know. Like Jake Brown in doing that has really put the cat amongst the pigeons, and he's. Yeah. He's put me in a state of confusion, and I'm sat there. <laughs> you know, because you, you don't know, do you? It's like unwrapping something, and it's it. You know, you've never seen before, and it doesn't look like it does anything, and all of a sudden, it's like some beaming lights come out of it, and it's dancing and talking, and you think, and then it stops, and you don't. Like, Bloody hell! What is this thing we've got? Like you know, because we don't know, do we? With him, like the geezers playing in his second game if he was a rookie mm. you'd be like oh you know bloody hell this is insane like but you, you know there are going to be those silly errors there are going to be those you know the defences will start to get more tape on him so they'll be like right we know what he's doing now this is what you know this might be his weakness and they'll scheme around him so yeah, it's going to be interesting from that perspective but it's certainly knowing that he can play at that level on the road against a very good team that's exciting and you know the Colts Vikings Steelers Browns like you said are all fielding backup quarterbacks so it's just kind of a bum fight at this point between the other parts of the rosters you know it's the running backs it's the defense it's the you know the offensive defensive lines like what can they do to make the difference because if he can play like a backup quarterback just a sort of decent to good backup quarterback if he could emulate a, like a Josh Dobbs a, a Garner Minshew someone like that and just play fairly, you know, 240 yards, one touchdown or two touchdowns, one in, you know, just keep it light, keep the, you know, moving around, keep the ball going, don't do anything silly. You're going to have a chance at every single game, bar perhaps the Chiefs, which unless they have anything happen to them, you probably I'll not. i tell you what, if Browning plays, here's a pronouncement, here's a bold statement. If Browning plays like he did, then they have a chance against the Chiefs. No, you, I agree. I agree. The I agree because the looked, Chiefs yeah. aren't oh, yeah. as good as they have been. They're still a fantastic team, and you do worry about the the chunky plays. You know, Pacheco against our run defense, and anyway, but we'll come to that. It's New Year's Eve, but um, yeah, we'll see. Listen, uh, Nathan, let's talk some more, but let's let's bring in our special guest, shall we? And as promised, our special guest this week is former Bengals punter, Drew Chrisman. Drew, welcome to Cincinnati. Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. This is a lot of fun. Um, I I hesitate saying former Bengals punter because, I don't know, I feel a bit weird um, asking you about questions. I don't want to trigger you or make you start, you know, feeling upset and horrible Right off the off the bat, because um, obviously what happened with the Bengals must must still hurt a little bit. So I'm going to start by this, right? How are you? How is life? And what the hell do you do now? Because if you don't follow Drew on Instagram, I really suggest that you do, um, because he's chiropractor, construction worker, media, you know, pundit. Am am I right? Am I right in all those things? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a great question, Paul. Sometimes I ask myself what the heck I am up to nowadays. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, just being in the, the football world, you know, that's really all I ever knew, all I ever had done to a certain extent. I studied I studied finance in college and had done some internships in that in the past, but I never really got to experience, you know, life outside of football to say it's always been my 
daily routine and um, just eat, sleep, and breathe football. And um, when you have an, a time period now where you're kind of waiting for a call to potentially wind back up on a team, you have a lot of free time on your hand, um, especially in the punting position. I don't have to go out and kick a thousand balls a day to stay ready. I, I have my routine that I've kind of refined throughout the years of playing. So uh, throughout the week, I, you know, I still get some training in uh lifting and kicking schedule and then um on the weekends i'm doing some media with the the bingo still luckily they like me enough to still put my face on tv so that was that was kind of them and then other than that it's kind of just whatever falls into my lap that day uh currently right now i'm kind of shadowing a bunch of different other careers and um posting about that on my social media and i've noticed that i have a relatively young young professional following a lot of college age kids, especially in the Cincinnati area. And I don't know, it's something I've always been interested in, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying, like I've only really ever known football. So I uh, just kind of seeing what else uh, life has to offer. And so uh, just today I worked at the airport at, in Cincinnati. I was waving planes in with wands and throwing baggage and under the cartel. And, uh, and tomorrow I'm going to be a pizza chef. So it's uh, it's it's good fun, and I luckily I have a lot of connections that I've built up over the years of growing in up in the Cincinnati area and then playing for the Bengals. So, um, you know, I still have some name notoriety, and uh, I love the city itself, and and they seem to love me back, and I'm just having a lot of fun with the the platform that I that I still have for as long as I do have it because life goes on, and uh, who knows what the next chapter of my life holds. Um, now, no doubt you'll be documenting this kind of extraordinary kind of day in the life of uh, Drew Chrisman on your Instagram, which is dchrisman91. Honestly, guys, go follow him. He's really funny. He's really lovely. He's got a, 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 an amazing family as well. And plus, you get to see him try all this different stuff out. It's really, really interesting. Um, I want to get serious for a moment. I have to talk about the Bengals and what happened, right? I have to. I'd be silly not to. Um, you mentioned you're a local guy. You're an integral part of the community. We've seen you be part of the community before with some of the social stuff that the Bengals put out um, when you were on the roster. You must have been absolutely gutted when uh, when you left the team. Um, and I want to ask, you kind of answered it a little bit, but I want to, I want to delve into what it's like for a, a free agent punter you you still you st you're still that is your primary goal still right to be yeah. to be a punter in the nfl I, I certainly still feel like i have the physical and talent capabilities to you know play on one of the 32 teams in the nfl uh, most likely probably not as a bingo again um you know they drafted a guy in my position so i think that that door is kind of closed in my chapter of life, but there's still 31 other teams out there. And luckily I have a lot of good film on tape from last year to be able to use. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a tough feeling, um, you know, especially growing up in the area and then, you know, getting my chance and dream come true playing for the hometown team. We had a lot of success and then uh, we lose in the AFC championship. And then all of a sudden I, I see on draft day, they're drafting the guy right in my position just soon after I had won that position after a long time, great Kevin Huber, who I think had been on this show before. And uh, yeah, so my tenure in a, in a, as a Cincinnati Bengal was significantly shorter than probably the last punter that you had on this podcast. But I think going through the process that I had to get into the NFL as an undrafted player, I think I had kind of a realistic expectation of what that looks like. Um, you know, you know, if you're drafted, you're pretty much guaranteed, you know, a year or two to kind of figure out how everything's going to go. As an undrafted guy, it's it, every day is a job interview. Um, it, it really felt like that. So I was grateful for the time um, that I was there and the opportunities that the Bengals gave me. And that's something I'm always going to fondly look back on. But I think I always had a realistic expectation that like this could end at any moment. And um, so kind of having that mature mindset um coming into the nfl i think that helped me kind of you know grasp and understand the, the situation i was put into when i was um became a free agent again just like i was coming into the nfl um so and, and plus i've had an incredible support system and being local i've had a ton of family close to 
Um, you know, I, I certainly haven't been alone in this whole process and that's been a huge blessing. Um, but yeah, it, it, you just never know what's next. You never know. I could get a call right after I hang up with you, Paul, and I'll be in San Francisco or Miami or Texas. I mean, you, I mean, that's just how it works. It's just every week is a new opportunity. Typically Tuesdays are the days that they'll fly a guy out to work out for a team. Uh, cause that's the off day. So now my Sundays are Tuesdays. So I get ready for my game days, which are Tuesdays if an opportunity does uh, kind of present itself. So um, I'm still in the same routine as if I was on a team, but now my days have just kind of switched with the days that I need to focus on. Um, so it's an interesting process, but I've, I went through this my whole rookie year. I was off and on the Bengals practice squad. Um, didn't know if they were going to call me back the following week or if another team were. So... I've kind of, in a way, and in, 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 I guess a sad way, I guess, I've just kind of gotten used to this lifestyle in a way, and I've just kind of made it work in my own in my own special way. And I don't like waiting around for a call either, which is why I've been uh, pretty active throughout the week um, besides just kicking and lifting as well. I was going to ask you really, Drew, how do you stay motivated? Like you say, a call come, could come from nowhere. We're, humans are creatures of habit, right? So... We like everything to be in order as much as they can. It sounds quite a chaotic, on-the-edge sort of lifestyle in this respect. Um, how do you stay motivated and grounded at the same time? You know, if you don't get a call, but you're still going through your processes every week or every Tuesday, um, how how do you stay stay with it? How do you stick with it? It, it can be a grind, um, especially – once the weather starts turning for the worst here in, in the Midwest, uh, walking out the door in 19 degree weather to go head to the gym is certainly harder on those days when you haven't got a call for the last couple months here, uh, which is the situation I've been in currently. Uh, but I, I think, well, going back to what I said, like I have an incredible support system. I got a 17 month old and my wife and a ton of my wife was my neighbor growing up next door. So we have both sets of family literally here in town still. Uh, we go visit them very often. So um, having a lot of loved ones and, you know, you know, close family, you know, right in the back door, that's certainly always, you know, helpful in any kind of situation that you're going through in your life. But I, I think at the same time, too, like understanding that, like, real life starts when football ends. Um, you know, this isn't forever. Uh, I know and I'm, I'm very aware of that. And it's been brutally, brutally apparent in the last couple of years that this is not forever NFL, not for long. So kind of having that mindset as well helps you uh, kind of understand like this isn't this is temporary. You know, whatever struggle with I'm at the NFL, if, if I have played my last NFL game, then, you know, so be it. That That's going to be the case for every single person that ever picks up and puts on a helmet. Um, so I, I think, you know, having that mindset and always kind of be thinking about the, you know, the plan B while I've been going through, you know, my entire college career now NFL, um, that, that's helps, you know, this, this transition process as well. Um, hopefully I do get a phone call and I play for the next 10 years somewhere and, you know, in, in an incredible NFL career, but, um, you know, I was grateful the last three years that I'd spent off and on with the Bengals and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I made it this far. Mm. Well, we wish you well. Goes without saying, Drew. We really do. Uh, but, however, for the purposes of this podcast, I would like you to put on your media hat on um, <laughs> and let's talk current Bengals. Um, is it difficult for you? You know, you know these guys. You've been in locker rooms with these guys. Is it difficult for you to kind of criticise or do, do you know what I mean? Is it is it hard to get that sort of objectivity going because you know these guys so well? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think I would I don't I wouldn't criticize anybody in the NFL. I mean, mm. it's, it's not like anybody's bad. Nobody in the NFL is, is a bad football player. It's not like you lose a couple of games and it means all of a sudden everybody in the building's bad, uh, which is easy from the outside fan, you know, looking in. Um, but it, it it's so close. The games are so close at this level because everyone's just so elite. Um, I mean, you're looking at the last couple of games. I mean, you're just talking about you know, a, a possession could, you know, be the end of the game, you know, um, it's, it's, but that's the beauty of the NFL. You know, when you, when you lose a guy like Joe Burrow, who, you know, the whole team's been built around and you try to, you know, piece together the best way possible you can with, you know, throwing Jake in there. It's, it's tough, especially when you're talking about a game of inches. Um, 
I think there I think there's still a way to have, you know, a successful season. Um, but if there's a team that is able to pull this around, I, I know the guys in the locker room. I know the coaching staff. Um, there is a chance just just knowing that the type of mindset and, you know, you know, the talent that they still have on this roster. Um, and I think, you know, quarterback play is only going to get better with reps. Uh, at least that's what I hope for. I hope for it. I mean, I'm a Bengals fan. I grew up in the, I grew up as a Bengals fan growing up. So I, you know, even though they did release me this, this off season, I still wish the best for, I mean, a lot of my, you know, closest friends that I've made the last couple of years are still in that roster, like you mentioned. And, you know, I hope they, they go all the way. And I, I know some Bengals fans are hopping off the bandwagon, but I know the guys in the locker room, they're, they're still, they're still as hopeful as ever. I know they're playing ping pong together after practice, and it's still a, it's still a uh, a good atmosphere in the locker room, at least. And I don't think that'll ever change as long as uh, the guys that I played with are still in that building. Um, I've just got a couple more questions for you, Drew. Thank you so much for for the time. Um, so again, with your media hat on, um, why isn't the running game functioning? Is it because? This team hasn't been built to be a running team. That is not the identity, and it's difficult to switch schemes just like that. Um, what's your take on that? And I'm, ju- I'm just going to cover a few of the things that seem to be uh, inflaming the fan base, shall we say, at the moment, and causing <laughs> and provoking the most discussion. So, number one, it's the run game. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Mixon himself has had a pretty significant um, – you know, increase in production, um, both running the ball and his pass blocking from the previous year. I think, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, losing Joe, I think you're able to say, hey, let's make the new guy beat us. And so I think that's kind of been the game plan coming into, um, especially the Steelers. I mean, you could tell that very early on. I mean, they were, they were not one. They were like, all right, we're going to make Jake beat us because – um, you know, we don't, we don't want to get this run game at all to give him any kind of um, relax and pressure or whatever. So I think that's going to be the plan going forward. And I think until Jake proves that he can, you know, really carve up a defense on the back end, um, I think they're going to keep plugging those holes and, and Mixon's going to be getting pretty frustrated, uh, not being able to get anywhere. Um, but I mean, that's just, that's just football. I mean, if you, if you have one phase that's working well, um, and, and one that's kind of figuring out the process and going through the kinks, they're going to shut down what's working and, and try to make you focus on the stuff that's not working right now. And uh, I think also getting T back, I think that's going to help a lot. You get healed up for uh, um, give another freak athlete for Jake to throw it to other than just Jamar and company. Um, I think that'll help um, at least even out the offense. And I think you'll see a little bit more production on the run game. Um, that's that's my that's my opinion as a, as a punter. <laughs> I mean, I'm no offensive coordinator, uh, but that's that's certainly what I how I've been able to dissect it. Uh, just as uh, you know, being around the game as much as I have growing up. So, okay, another debate that's raging at the moment: Has Joe Burrow masked a multitude of flaws in this team, which then leads to the question: uh, Does a good quarterback make a coach look good? Or what influence does a coach have on the quarterback? If you see what I mean, there again, when when teams lose, obviously the head coach gets it in the neck a little bit. And as sports fans, we like nothing more than to moan about <laughs> coaching decisions and blah 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 because we like to think we know what we're talking about when, of course, we don't. However, what's your take on that debate? Um, does the quarterback kind of overshadow everything? Or does the, is it the coach, or is it somewhere in between? Most things lie somewhere in between, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I think it probably is somewhere between, uh, like you said. But uh, certainly, the most important guy on the field is the quarterback. And, you know, the guy who's touching the ball every time, and he's going to be the difference maker in a lot of games. I mean, you see that throughout uh, just the history of the game. And as kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier. Um, you know, the NFL, it, it, what makes it so exciting is is how close the games are. And a lot of the times the difference maker is one or two plays. And if you got a guy that's clutching those moments and can make those plays, you're going to win a lot more games than, you know, the guy that isn't. And Joe has that it factor. Um, so, yeah, having a guy like that is going to make 
a coach look really good and then losing a guy that you've built your entire team around, your entire offense around, it, it and things aren't going smoothly because you're missing that guy, yeah, it's, it's going to make the coach not look as good. Um, but I think not – I mean – not only does a you know having a good quarterback fix a lot of flaws, but winning does that as well. I think you get a couple wins under your belt. You know, everyone starts quieting down a little bit, and you know that that winning fix fixes all problems. It makes it makes you know the whole week be shorter. It makes the food taste better. You know, your clothes look better on your. I mean, you just go out there, you you win some games with the talent that they have, all the naysay and all the. Zach can't win without Joe. That goes out the window. And um, like I said, I mean, they got the guys. In the, it, this is still a championship caliber team. As long as Jake gets to the guy, the playmakers that they have that are almost unguardable, 7-Eleven, um, you know, good things are going to happen. And I think that's that's got to be the mindset going forward. You know, you don't got to be Joe. Um, use the weapons that Joe had in this offense and the team itself. Um We'll rally around that. So, mm, that's a neatly segues to my final question. I, I think I wanted to get your take on this because of your status as an ex-player, uh, and you've been in that locker room with it specifically with our guys, right? So, and Ohio State, obviously, but um, tanking, the concept of tanking. I would imagine. <laughs> I'm hoping that you can tell me this that that does not exist with players at all. It's something concocted in the fan base because they want to start mock drafts early. Um, is that, would that, is that, would that, would that be a true statement to say? I So I've never been on a team that hasn't won. I don't mean, I, I'm not, I'm not really from even going from call. I mean, being Ohio state, I mean, you lose, it was rare to lose, you know, two games in a season. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to, say it exists when I'm never or doesn't exist when I've never been on a team that, you know, hasn't been a championship caliber team. I mean, the three really two and a half years that I was with the Bengals when we were going to the Super Bowl and then AFC championship and obviously winning a lot of games. So, you know, that wasn't even a question, but I have heard stories of guys, you know, when the season starts getting into the end of the year, they realize they're not making the playoffs um i've I've heard guys you know they mainly just focus on themselves i don't know if the coach himself or anybody i highly doubt that ever happens where they say hey let's lose these games so we can get a better draft pick uh but i do know players themselves you know they start to look out for themselves in their Mm -hmm. own respect um whether that be you know making sure you're not getting hurt because most of the time that 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 means if the season was a bust, most of the time they're going to be making an overhaul of a lot of players so making sure you're healthy by the end of the year in case you do need to go somewhere else and find a new job. Um, and also just, I mean, I, another reason why I don't think it exists is the tape doesn't lie either. I mean, that that's your resume. If all of a sudden you start putting bad things on the tape um, and, you know, they release you at the end of the year, that's all you have to go back on. You know, that's your resume. And so nobody wants to put bad stuff on their resume or they're not going to find a job the following year. So I, I, I would, I would really hope it doesn't work, but I know, I know at the, the end of the year when uh, it starts getting cold outside and you know, that things aren't going well within the locker room, it can, it can be a pretty hard ship to write. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I really don't have too much of a experience being in a locker room in that mindset, but I, I've I've had I have heard rumors of um you know guys kind of taking more of a, a selfish look at, at their own play style at the end of the year. So no, very cool. Very interesting. I don't think the thing of locker room is that way though. I, I will I will radiate that. I don't think yeah. I, it doesn't matter how bad it's gonna get, those guys are uh those those guys will stick together uh through thick and thin and uh, you've seen that year in and year out the last couple of years. So and mathematically, they're not out of the playoffs at all yet, are they? Let's face it. So there's stuff to play for, stuff to play for. Drew, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it, man. Um, we can't um, – we really wish you the best and uh, we hope to see you back on an NFL field soon. If not, we look forward to you making pizzas and, <laughs> I don't know, being a head chef somewhere or uh, – 
I don't know, work in the ferries on the river somewhere. I don't know, whatever you're going to turn your 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 hand to next. Uh, we look forward to seeing it. But in the meantime, I hope you and your family have a great holiday season and uh, maybe you can come back at some point to talk more football with us. No, it sounds good, Paul. I appreciate it. You as well. There we go. Isn't he fantastic, Nathan? I mean, I've been following him on, on Instagram. Please go and follow Drew on Instagram. He's such a dude. Um... He's a brilliant follow. He's funny. He's insightful. What he gets up to, as he alluded to, it's almost like a job swap situation. Um, he should make a documentary series. I genuinely think he should make a, a documentary. He he would be a fantastic YouTuber. Like not just little ticky tocky videos, but proper YouTube documentaries on trying different jobs. It, it's fantastic, and I take my hat to him because. And also for his positive attitude, because it must have been crushing when he got cut by the Bengals last year. It must have been. But yep. he's not resting on his laurels. He's still holding out. He's still he's still working out and practicing. And he's got his, you know, his, his days where he tr- his training days. Uh, no doubt his agent is still trying to find him a, a club. But he's a Cincy boy. And uh, yeah, what a lovely guy. And he just seems to be... Uh, he just seems to be into all sorts, so I can't thank Drew enough to give us just to g- give us an insight into a what it's like to be a guy that is striving to get onto an NFL roster again, but also just his positivity and his his me- his attitude is is just fantastic. What a guy! Yeah, absolutely. You know, great character and you wish him all the best, with, uh, whether it's with us or uh, elsewhere around the league or the CFL or wherever it might yeah, take him. You know, he's uh, certainly got some potential. There. He's a young lad and all the best to him. And I have to say, Brad Robbins is not pulling up any trees this year. He might have a fantastic tash, but uh, he needs to uh, he needs to get going on his punting. Anyway, right. A um, couple of things before we get to your correspondences. Thank you so much for everyone who has sent in uh, hellos and messages and things like that. Uh, we're going to be kicking off. Not only um, uh, is our Advent calendar is in, in full swing, but we're going to be kicking off this year's uh, charity raffle. Again, it's for action for children who basically sort out a load of Christmas presents for vulnerable kids. Uh, perhaps they don't have families around them, like uh, those of us who are lucky enough to have families around us. Uh, and they give them Christmas presents. Um, they make them feel included. They make them feel special, and they make them feel as though uh, that there's some, you know, the world isn't such a bad place. Uh, we all know it's pretty bad at the moment, but um, uh, but for these guys, for these kids, um, it, it's just a little. Just a little sparkle, a bit of sparkle uh, in what is otherwise a difficult uh, a difficult time for them. So uh, details will be going up. Give what you can, even if you don't like the uh, prizes on offer. And we've got some good ones, actually, so look out for, for those. But we've got some good ones, even if you don't like uh, the prizes and couldn't give a monkeys about winning. Um, tip in if you can spare a couple of quid. Uh, put in because it's a really genuinely fantastic charity so uh, find the details that'll be up uh, let me think tomorrow uh, which is Thursday the 7th uh, that'll be open for about uh, just a couple of weeks just before Christmas um, and um, yeah do do give what you can uh, you'll find details on Twitter uh, at Hooday underscore UK Bengals UK on Facebook and Bengals underscore UK on Instagram and with that Let's get to your uh, correspondence. Slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid end. Oh boy, what a result. Does this performance put to bed the debate about the backup QB position being a weakness? Can you ask Chef Palmer, and it means you, Nathan, if cheese and beans on toast is, is on toast on toast? Is a suitable working from home lunch? Would he add or remove anything? We all know he's a bit weird with food. <laughs> what do you think? Are you a baked beans and cheese on toast sort of guy? I don't I reckon like you baked, are. I like baked beans on toast. Yeah, I don't mind that. I would. I wouldn't go out of my way and make it, but right. I'd absolutely 
more than enjoy it. So what would, would you, would you, would you, because like my mum, I don't eat, as you know, everyone, we both actually don't eat meat, but my mum may put a bit of chicken into the beans, like cooked chicken or sliced sausage into the beans or maybe put some curry powder into the beans or a bit of paprika or just have a bit of brown sauce on your beans and cheese. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what Would you pimp it with anything particularly? I think you might want to spice it up, I reckon. Yeah, maybe a bit of spicy. I wouldn't mind that. But like, I'm not having cheese on beans on toast. I don't <laughs> think that goes. I'm not having that. Like, you know, like, just, I don't know. Cheese it's not and, my I, I, have that. To, I have to say, cheese and beans is one of the most uh, comforting food combinations ever, I think. Have it on a baked potato. Have it on a bit of toast. Oh, I can't stand baked potatoes. I, oh, think really? I really don't like baked Do potatoes. Not? Goodness no, jacket potatoes, baked potatoes, nah. I really need you to do a food blog when you go to Cincinnati because uh, I'm really intrigued about what you're going to eat in Cincinnati, <laughs> I have to say. Right, Jamie at Trek Art Beast. I mean, that was something, wasn't it? Finding out how to have fun again post-borough. Let's have a smash. We might get in the playoffs. We might not. But we can learn some things and develop players. Want to see more Chase Brown and the backup receivers I, I agree with jamie now's the perfect time just to take the gloves off and just do stuff you know obviously the uh the pass that tyler board made less said about that the better but at least they were trying something although it almost uh, i guess cost us the game but um um just, uh, chase brown was pretty good looked good and it was that was good to see i thought no, absolutely. I mean, Chase Brown, I mean, we, we were crying out last week for a bit of diversity in the carries, you know, something a bit different. The geezer's rattled off 61 yards on nine carries, nearly seven yards of carry. Now, he's not going to do that every week. And I'm not saying that that makes him a better running back than Joe Mixon or anything such, you know, as that similar. But fair enough to the geezer. And you, you want to see more of that. You will see more of it. You know, I think they're going to come close to splitting the carries down the down the stretch but you'd have liked to see it earlier just something a bit different something for defenses to think about slightly different element he looks a bit quicker and shiftier than the mixing i mean he rattled off one for 33 which is probably yeah. more than he made you know, a guy miss he season. made a guy miss quite exactly. the start of that run which is something we don't see too often with joe you have to say but uh... no really good fair play to the geezer i loved seeing that you know yeah. i love the running game working some cheap yards i mean mixon ran that absolutely how often mixon the touchdown when he nearly went down and he kept yeah. himself up his hand and dived in, that was serious effort play that. That's exactly what you want to see from him. I thought yeah, and whatever good. we've said about Mixon, what other people have said, you cannot fault a guy for effort or heart no. or, uh, you know, Absolutely. there's nothing wrong in that area at all. So, no. But I, I, I'm really intrigued by Yoshivash. I have to say, I think he's had a good start to his NFL career. Um, I really have been enjoying his special teams plays. He shed a block and made a tackle for in this game really nicely, and I think he's got something going on there. So fair play, Bianco Verde at Bianco Verde. Um, Solid handle. Fell asleep at halftime and missed the main event. <laughs> well done, Bianco Verde. Uh, great performance by the lads, and a massive well done to Jakey B, Jakey Brr, Jake Shiesty, or whatever nickname. We are going to give him. What a star boy. Say him again, please. I think um, people were calling him downtown Jake Brown, weren't they? Uh, which I, I don't think he likes, but uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll come up with a nickname for him. Martin at Dorset Bengal sets up an intriguing end to the season. Loved the post-game video in the locker room, especially when Zach got downtown Brown. There you go. To, to lead the Hude chant, and he had it. He had to check the words exactly. And this is why it's such a cool story. This guy's been preparing. He, you know, I think he said. You know, they asked him, "How how are you feeling?" He said, "Well, I feel okay." You know, I mean, I have won games before. You know, um, so it's not an unusual. <laughs> it's not an unusual feeling for me, and it's true. I mean, is this guy is 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 plucked from the practice squad and. You know, he's he was undrafted. He was, you know, in that sense, he was. But let's not forget, he was part of a decent Washington team. He was a star in high school. This guy has won games, you know what I mean? So he knows how to do it. Um, and let's hope he's got the confidence to do that now. So uh, Rob Seems, Hill, seems like a hum humble guy, doesn't he, as well? Yeah, he, he exactly. He just turns yeah. up in his like, nice shirt. He's not like, you know, Joe Burrow swagger. He's just quite humble, down to earth. Seems yeah. like he's ready to get to work, which is nice. Rob Hill, surely this season. Um, Solid handle. What, um, yes, it's actually quite an apt handle. Um, doesn't quite work, though, is it? Apt handle. Um, 
What a pleasant surprise Monday night was. Now we are all behind Gravy Browning. <laughs> That's another nickname. Gravy Browning. Well, there we go. I quite like that one, actually. All the Fairweather fans have jumped back aboard the gravy boat. Another gravy reference. Uh, I wonder if Rob was eating a roast dinner when he wrote this tweet. Um, and talk of high draft picks has disappeared for at least one more week. Serious note, though, a balanced offence is so good to watch. I agree, Rob. Thank you, Rob, for his... Uh, Advent calendar uh, video in Welsh. That was fantastic. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Sean at Shawnee 01. It is far less stressful watching without expectations. A wise one, Sean. That is a short and very uh, poignant and 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 sage-like uh, tweet, I think. Um, Chris Hood at Hooday CP. First game in a long time where I wanted to watch it again, which is odd at one level since... We still conceded a lot of points, but wasn't it fun? And we won. And I think we made that point, didn't we? It was a really good game. It was a fun game to yeah. watch, even at like one fifteen a.m. Like some of you, some of you madheads uh, watched it. You know, um, Pat Mibollocks at Pat Mibollocks. Um, as someone who argued for tanking post JB, I could hardly get the smile off my face all day yesterday. Chuff for Jake and Joe Mixon. 6,000 career yards is no mean feat. Thought DJ Turner had a really solid game too. Yeah, there were some records, wasn't there? I think um, I think Tyler Boyd reached 500 career receptions. Uh, Joe Mixon, 6,000 career yards. You know, these are good players, man. These are good players and Bengals legends, so hats off to those guys. And nice to hear that you're smiling. Scott, uh, Paul at Picar Burns, woke up at 4.15am, thought I was up, I checked the score before going back to sleep, imagine my surprise to see the game was about to go into overtime and the Bengals would snatch a victory, crisis, what crisis, roll on Sunday, now um, this is the life of a Bengals uh, fan in the UK or Ireland or in Europe, isn't it, because you're, <laughs> you're, your kind of sleep patterns are all over the place. You kind of have fever dreams. Well, I do. Whenever, because I just can't stay up and watch these games. I, I'm just no good on like three hours of sleep or whatever. I just can't do it. So, but even then, I can't sleep because I know in the back of my mind that the Bengals are playing. So I get a no, terrible exactly night's sleep anyway. So, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. So I, like, I woke up and... and I didn't sleep a wink because I knew that they were playing. And uh, so maybe the lesson is for me that I should just stay up and watch it, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Matty at Matt Stubby King. Um, I think it's time to start having a conversation about always playing in white tiger outfit. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know whether that's an omen or not, um, or a good luck charm. BB at Blue Bengals 5 um, last week talk was about the draft now it's back to the playoffs the joys of the game indeed it is the full emotional gamut of uh, being a sports fan isn't it one week you're down and out and the next week you're back in the mix and walking around like a cock of the walk um uh john kelly uh at jk knee bengal 68 i've said before mix is an above average running back he is a weapon in the past game as well look at his total scrimmage yards and you'll see he makes a big contribution. Steel is accepted. Now it looks like we have the perfect counterfall in Brown. But JB6, wow, Joe who? Now you tweeted this out, uh, Nathan, didn't you? You kind of, I know it was tongue-in-cheek, but you kind of said, you know, um, what, what can we get for Joe Burrow in picks, you know, if we traded him away? I mean, now we've got Joe, um, Jake Brown. In, but you know, I think Paul Dana made the, the point on, on Hear That Podcast Growling that... Um, you know, with that one game, you would imagine that Jake Browning has just basically guaranteed himself a long career in the NFL, you know, uh, as uh, whether that's a backup or whatever, you know. Uh, it's entirely up to him. If he carries it on, goodness me, he's going to be in the mix for a... Well, maybe not, I don't know. But certainly one of the better backups in the league and pushing to be a starter next year. Maybe that's a bit much, but do you know what I mean? I don't, think, I don't think it is. I, I think if he was to play at that level for the last four or five games of the year we made the playoffs and he gave a good showing in the playoffs and no one could believe it and it was a bit of a Brock Purdy type story I, I mean again it's it's fantastical because it's not happened and it, it's one game and you know all the rest of it but 
he'd certainly at the very least garner some attention from teams for trades and what have you. So, you know, whether it's just as a backup for us, I mean, he might, if he had a really good run and got us to the playoffs, he might sit there and say, like, I don't really want to just be Joe Burrow. No, I agree. And what, you would. You I know, don't think you... He'd be 27, 28. Yeah. He'd want to have a crack at, yeah. you know, getting a start around the league. And I'll tell you what, if people thought he was the mustard and he could do something for them, there's so many teams that need a quarterback Well, you look league. at the situation in New York with the Jets at the moment. Bloody hell. You look yeah, exactly. at, well, actually with exactly. the Giants as well. You know, there's, there's quite a few teams that could do with... It's down to him now. I mean, it's not just... Yeah. This season, if you want to be totally objective about this, it's not just about this season, is it? And, and making sure the Bengals get to the playoffs, which, you know, there's a real path to the playoffs now. You know, there really is. So if he can, you know, get his mind right and play consistently, then, yeah, I mean, he might be even thinking, right, if I do this, this is going to put me in a position next year to be a potential, you know, starting quarterback somewhere or get a, a load more money um as a as a top quality backup you know um i don't know um yep. but, but yeah one thing's one you know one first things first let's get the bengals to the playoffs and have a good run in the playoffs uh that'll be fun wouldn't it um finally jonathan davis at j davis journo we can still make the playoffs and he uses that kind of the double eye emoji yep uh, eyes are raised we're I think we're back on board the playoff train, aren't we? But, uh, yeah, that could... Uh, we're playing a decent team against the Colts, but I would say it's still winnable. It just depends on... Because um, also, you know, uh, the people will look at what the Bengals did against the Jags and then adjust accordingly, you know. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see um, how it all pans out, really, I think. Um so, yeah, all to play for, Nathan, isn't it? It is, and I, I think so much rests on this game against the Colts. I really do think it does. I think if you beat the Colts, you get above 500, you really throw yourself in the mix, fully in the mix. Everyone thought it was over a week ago. You beat the Colts, and I, I think people will believe it. I think, you know, there is a chance you go 3-1 and one in the last four games. It gives you belief. You're not playing, you know, three of the teams you're playing are playing backups. You've got quite a few of the games at home. Um, I think people would believe, and especially if Jake Brown and more than anything had a good game against the Colts. And the Colts are beatable. You know, we're at home. We've had we've had probably the toughest, or certainly a top three toughest schedule around the league. You look at the Colts; they've got a good record, but their last couple of wins, you know, Titans at the game of the backup quarterback, Buccaneers, Patriots, yeah, Panthers, yeah, yeah. Saints. Okay, they you know they lost to the Browns. They lost to the Jags again. Titans. They lost to the Rams. You know, it, there's not many. They beat the Texans earlier in the year, but I think that's probably when Richardson was playing, and they beat the Ravens. So they're two good wins, you know. But that was early on in the season. You know, things were slightly different. Obviously, they've changed quarterback. They've not beaten anyone that good along the way in the last six, eight weeks. We've been turning around and playing, you know, the Ravens, the Bills, the Texans, the 49ers, the Seahawks, you know, even the Steelers. They've got a winning record, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and then the Jags. So I, I think we should be able to beat the Colts. The bookies have it as almost a dead heat. I think we're at home. I think the Bengals will be buoyed after that. Obviously, you know, we played Monday night. It's not ideal. But bloody hell, if we were to turn the Colts over, that would be a real, not statement, but I think it would be a statement. You know, people around the league would be like, bloody hell, the Bengals aren't dead. You know, they're right in the mix. They're above 500 with four games to go. Who knows? And, you know, that, that would be a real story. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's there for the taking. If they can just, if Jake can just, you know, just carry on. Not to that explosive heights of against Jacksonville but just you know good functional quarterback play then we're in with a chance um I like Jonathan Taylor for the Colts I think he's fantastic um so watch right, out just, for just a just a stupid one for finish the podcast for you so on then if Jake Browning last five games just plays like Joe Montana like four no five I'm, not, I'm not I'm not I know what you're gonna no, no, hold up hold up he <laughs> plays like an absolute you know just just insane play yeah and then in the playoffs, just insane again and wins us the Super Bowl, right? Who's starting next year, week one? Joe Burrow. Even if Jake Browning won us the Super Bowl? <sighs> yeah. You reckon? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and, it, and he was a Super Bowl MVP, just an animal, like 500 <laughs> yards. <laughs> 
Oh, we can and that rush, rush for 200 yards and pass for 500. Well we can, it could so easily just be five losses to the end of the season and we're all uh, 100% pissed. it could be. But it, I mean, it. he's just given us that kind of taster, isn't it? It's like, uh, I don't know, it's, 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 it's like having the best little piece of chocolate and you just want to eat now you want to eat the whole bar do you know what i mean yeah it's a very good way of putting it um but yeah we'll see like uh like one of our excellent listeners said uh let's just watch it with our expectations let's just have fun with it let's just go with it and you know like you said nathan we may easily win the next three games or we might easily lose who knows but we'll be here we'll be back next uh next monday a huge thank you to drew chrisman for spending a bit of time with us. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Drew. Uh, we'll be back, as I said, next Monday to um, digest and uh, chat about the Colts game. And then, of course, it's our Christmas issue and we'll be speaking to Nathan while he's in Cincinnati, uh, which is very exciting. But until then, dear listeners, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.